Amen. Well, welcome, guys, to Vision Sunday. Excited to be here. Yes, you guys grab a, a bagel on the way in, hopefully. All right, maybe not. Okay, we're going to leave hungry today. Um, guys, I'm so excited uh, for Vision Sunday. We, we do Vision Sunday usually once a year. Uh, as a church, this is something that's just, just important to know about us. Uh, as a church, we want to go where Jesus is going. And uh, I like to use the phrase that we're church in motion. <laughs> where God is leading us, we're going to follow. If he's leading us to meet in a tent in a field, we're going to do that. If he's telling us to stop meeting and he's like, you finished your assignment, we'll stop meeting. We'll go on and, and disperse. But we want to be a church that is active in listening to the voice of God and his leadership for our church and for our lives. Uh, because that's how a church grows. A, a church doesn't grow uh, just based off tactics and you know, how cool our Instagram looks and how you know, great our production is. A church grows based on the leadership of Jesus. And oftentimes when the Lord grows his church, it, it, it can't always be measured in metrics that we can measure in our natural eyes. And so we want to be a church that is growing, not in our standards, but in the Lord's standards. Lord, what does growth look for us in 2024? God, what, what does growth look like for my family? God, what does growth look like in my spiritual walk? Right, we need his active leadership in our lives. Amen. So real quick before we start, I just want to get a gauge of the room. Raise your hand if you say breakthrough is your home church. This is your home church. This is where you go. It's where you give. Amazing. Raise your hand if Breakthrough is not your home church. Okay, amazing. Raise your hand if you're trying to figure out your home church. All right, good. Awesome. Well, today is, is for all of you guys. That my, my desire is if you are new here, you're trying to figure out who Breakthrough is, or maybe Breakthrough is your home and you still don't really know who we are, that you would get clarity today on the vision of our church. Uh, but at the end of today, I want to give you guys direction of where we're going in 2024. You guys excited for that? The Lord is speaking and doing a lot in our body, and we are going to follow the Holy Spirit. And so I'm excited to share that for you guys, to you guys at the end. Uh, but let's start right here. Uh, I want to talk really quick before we dive in. I want to talk about the purpose of vision. The purpose of vision. Proverbs 29:18 says this. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed, he, blessed is he who keeps the law. So three things I want us to pull from this that are important. First thing is vision is always meant to be prophetic. Vision is always meant to come from God. This isn't something of, hey, this is Andrew's vision for 2024. <laughs> or this is our eldership's vision of 2024. This is just what we want to accomplish. This is just what we feel like is good. This is just what we think is going to make us more successful. No, no, no. Vision has to be prophetic. God, we need what you see to be spoken so we know where to go. The second is vision helps us know where to go. Vision gives us direction, right? It says that where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. I think this is why we see a lot of churches today not going anywhere, right? I had a friend, he's a pastor, and he calls them zombie churches, Right? It's like it's dead, but we're still kind of moving around. That sounds really intense. But we don't want to be a zombie church, right? We want to be a live church that is active and following the Lord. But we need his vision to tell us where to go. 
And the third thing, right, says, blessed is he who keeps the law. Vision requires obedience. Man, it's amazing to get vision. Wow, God's calling me to be a doctor, right? But then if you don't go to school to be a doctor, sorry, you can't be a doctor. (laughs) It's as easy as that, right? You can't be a freelance doctor. Um, Vision demands action. So we're going to lay out the vision. This is what, what God has called us to be, and this is where God has called us to go but we have to respond. It's one thing to get the vision. It's another thing to pay the cost for a vision. So I wanna say this, if breakthrough is your home or you want it to be your home, I want you to think about this question throughout today and even just this week to come, is are you aligned with the vision of who we are and where we are going as a church? Are you aligned with the vision of who we are and where we are going as a church? I want to give you guys a, a little side note. The word division, I heard it broke down this, this way. Who, who, okay, real quick, who's ever been a part of a church and you've seen like horrible division? Wow. Can you keep your hand up? That's crazy. I did not expect that many people raise their hand. For those of you that you've been a part of congregations or churches or bodies, and you've seen division, what happens is division, if you just look at the word die, right, means two. Die, vision, two visions. When there are two visions or, or different visions operating in a church, what happens is division. If you're over here and you're like, I'm going to come to this church, I'm going to be a pioneer, I'm going to make it look like what I want it to look like, I'm going to come here and, you know, it doesn't, make, it doesn't fit my preferences, it doesn't look like what I want it to look like, so I'm going to come here, I'm trying to make it, I'm going to change this church, or I'm going to change what's going to look like, I promise you it's not going to work. Unless what you're doing aligns with the vision. Where there's two visions, there's division. And so if we want to see unity at this church, then we all have to come under and be aligned with the vision. And I just want to give you permission this morning. If you do not align with the vision of this church, go where you're called to be aligned. Because we don't need you here if you're not going to grow. We don't want to stunt your growth as a believer. We want you to go where God has called you to go, where you're going to thrive and where you are called to align with their vision. Amen. All right. So, we talked about the purpose of vision. I want to talk about the foundation of vision. What is the foundation of vision? Colossians 1.18, it says this, and he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. That vision is built on this truth. You ready? That Jesus is at the head. Can we just say that? Jesus is at the head that we are a church that is submitted to his leadership as a body, that where he goes, we go. That his desires are our desires. His will is our will. That our journey as a church, we are only where we are at today because of the prophetic vision and the leadership of Jesus. If you know our history, we started almost seven years ago as a house church in a basement with like 10 people with no money. Most of us didn't have jobs. And we're just like, we're just gonna follow what the Lord is leading. And seven years later, this is what you see. 
that where there is no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. But where there is prophetic vision, people mature. People grow. I love Psalm 127, verse one. We know this verse. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. That Jesus holds the blueprints of our church. He's building his church. And this is the beautiful thing is that we're invited to build with him. I thought the Lord say this to me that, you know, that Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds a house, those who labor, labor in vain. But if the Lord does build a house, those who labor will see gain. That this is so fundamental to who we are as a church. I believe that this is fundamental for every church that should be operating that Jesus has to be at the head. Guys, we can't build churches around our preferences. There is pieces of that that the Lord calls certain pastors and elders and leadership, and there's parts of their personality that, that is important, that is helpful, but we can't build our churches on the foundation of our preferences. Man, what, what, would, what would make a church that I want? <laughs> We've seen that and it doesn't work. It'll attract people for a little bit, but at some point when the foundation falls, everything else will collapse. So every year we're saying, Jesus, what do you want to build? If we have to sacrifice everything we've built the last seven years and do something else, we'll sacrifice it. What do you want to build? Where do you want to go? And I, and I picture the, the children of Israel in the desert. They're following the, the cloud by day and the fire by night. God, where are you leading? Okay, we're going to stay. Okay, you're going over there. Okay, we're going to follow. Okay, the cloud's going over there. Okay, we're going to go. All right, the fire's staying over there. We're going to stay. This is how we're meant to operate as believers. This is what his church is designed to look like. And so vision is built on the foundation that Jesus is at the head and he is building his church. So then we have to ask ourselves, what kind of church is Jesus building at Breakthrough? What kind of church is Jesus building out breakthrough? For us to know this, and before I share the vision of where we are going, we need to know the core values that define who we are as church. So if you've been here long enough, you've heard these three words, uh, but our core value as a church, our core values are presence, family, and mission. Can you say that? Presence, family, and mission. The first thing, and I want to break this down, the first thing is this, at our church at Breakthrough, the Lord has made it clear that his presence is central. The presence of God is central to who we are as a church and as a people. That the presence is where we live out our primary call to love God and to dwell with him forever. That the definition of the presence of God can be condensed in this. It's God's manifest relational nearness. That the church exists for him first. This is, this is a simple thing that the, the order and how we've built our churches have gone messy. Is we say it's for Jesus, but it doesn't exist first for Jesus. He has to be first, right? What does it say? We read earlier in Colossians that he is 
the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead. So that everything, say everything, he may have the first place. And so we are a church that exists for him, that we have formed this thing. We have hammered this thing for the past two years. If you've been here, if you've been plugged in here, that we see Jesus is asked this question, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in all the law and prophets? And Jesus condenses everything you can ever do with your life. And he says, this is the first, say first. And this is the greatest, say greatest, commandment. It's to love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. And so we wanna be a first commandment church. That the first commandment is the first commandment. Revelation 21, verse three, we see this at the, end of the, uh, at the end of scripture. And it says this, it says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. That we want to be a church here at Breakthrough that is the response to God's ultimate longing that it's been his desire from the beginning to the end to dwell amongst his people. And that happens in the place of his presence. Do you guys know that Jesus is not coming back for an organization? <laughs> Jesus is not coming back for a clique. He's not coming back for a social club. He's coming back for a bride. For you to be a bride, you have to be in love. He's coming back for a church that says that I have not forsaken my first love. I have not forsaken the first thing being the first thing. And I'm sorry to say that we've, we've forsaken the first thing for far too long here in the West. The first thing has to be the first thing. I love this, C.S. Lewis, he says that it's in the process of being worshiped that God communicates his presence to men. That worship and prayer is the avenue in which we become relationally near to God, to minister to him and to become transformed by his presence. This is why we started prayer rooms. Who's been out of prayer room? Come on. We have prayer rooms every Tuesday and Saturday morning that we felt the Lord call us to start this. And the only goal for our prayer rooms is one thing. It's to love God. God, we want to make a sacred space where we gather and the main thing is the main thing. That we wanna make a sacred space where all we're doing is loving you. That this year in, in 2023, we've clocked in 115 hours in the prayer room. It's amazing. And so we need to understand the first thing is that God's presence is at the center. It's central to who we are as a people. Can you guys get behind that? Okay. The second thing or second value is that family is formational. 
Family is formational. Family is formational to who we become. That here at Breakthrough, we believe that family is the context in which God will bring true revival to the earth. It's in this place that we love and equip one another to become transformed into his likeness. That if you look at the garden, the first effect of the fall was the dismantling of family. Adam and Eve, their children, and you see the lineage of familial brokenness continue, continue, and continue. That I believe that the enemy knew what he was doing. That if he can dismantle the family unit, he can dismantle the earth. So if that's the truth, then it's the restoration of family that's going to restore the earth. So when we say family, this isn't like, yeah, come and hang out and find community and find people just to have fun with. It's like, no, we're here to restore the earth. (laughs) Raise your hand if you've been a part of Breakthrough and just by being in like real family here, your life has been changed. Can you raise your hand? Come on, look at that. That family is formational. That this is the purpose of the church. We see this in Acts chapter 2. When the Spirit came and filled people at Pentecost, Peter preached and 3,000 people were saved. That's incredible, right? That's a revival. 3,000 people were saved. But the real revival wasn't the altar call. It's what happened next in the following verses, which was the birth of the church. It says this in Acts 2, that they met together in each other's homes. They studied the word together. They gave financially to one another. They broke bread and worshiped together daily. That was the fruit of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost. The fruit of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost wasn't just, okay, now we can speak in tongues. (laughs) The fruit of Pentecost was family. Do you guys know this? Oh, this is so good. The Tower of Babel. That man wanted to build their own kingdom for their own glory. What happened is God dispersed their language. They scattered them among the earth. What happened in Pentecost is they were unified in one language. And we see restoration happening again on the earth. And so when we talk about family, guys, this isn't just, hey, come have a social experience. This is, hey, come and have your life formed around the image of Jesus. I love Psalm 68. It says this. It says, God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. That's in the context of family that he sets prisoners free and gives them joy. Do you see that? God places the lonely in family. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Galatians 4.19, we read this last Sunday. But Paul says this, he says, my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. That Paul was a spiritual father. He was a, a shepherd to the church of Galatia. And he was saying this, and this rings true today, that his desire as a father, as a shepherd over his people, is that Christ would be formed in them. 
This is why we need family. This is why church is not an event. You know, I don't, I don't scale our church by who comes here on a Sunday. I scale church by who's actually doing life together during the week. Because there's a lot of visitors on Sunday. And that's okay, we gotta start somewhere. But at some point, <laughs> you have to stop visiting. Let me say this out of the room. Hey guys. At some point you have to stop visiting. And you have to get planted. Because if you never get planted, you won't grow. I'll get planted here a little bit and I'll go plant over here a little bit. I'll go plant over here. I like their worship, I like their thing, I like their thing, and I'll go over here, like, ah, oh, I don't really want to commit. Oh, my life is busy. What happens? You never get formed. <laughs> You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know the people in your life, you know your friends who never get planted and their lives never get formed. That we have a lot of young people in this room, but we also have a lot of spiritual mothers and fathers. We have a lot of parents. There's some of you in this room, a lot of the young people, you desire to have family. And a lot of you grew up in a broken family. This is the beauty of the church, that you can be formed in the areas that you weren't formed by your natural parents. So family is formational. And we, we do this. We have home groups. We have men's group, women's group. We have all of these amazing avenues for you guys to dive in. But you have to take the first step to get planted. I want to end this point by saying that family is formational. Church was not a suggestion. That it's actually a part of God's plan to sanctify you into his image. That it's in the place of family where we discover our purpose. It's where we are empowered to walk out our calling. It's where we're discipled. It's where we are corrected. It's where we are refined. It's where we are comforted. It's where we're supported. It's where we're taught the word. We need, we need, we need family. And the last one is this, is mission is essential. So presence is central. Family is formational. The last one is mission is essential. It's essential to how we live. That mission is what we do from our city to the nation's to further the good news of Jesus through the love of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit. That Jesus' mission was to bring the kingdom here on earth. He said that he came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom isn't about just going to a future destination. It's about experiencing full freedom and abundant life here and now under his rule and reign. So this leads us into our vision going into this new year. You guys ready for this? What is the vision, the prophetic vision of breakthrough going into 2024? Say, I'm ready. The vision of breakthrough going into 2024 is this, that it's time for his presence to leave the four walls of the church. 
Wow, 15% of you are excited about that. That's great. That as a church, it is time for his presence to leave the four walls of the church. That this year, our focus as a church at Breakthrough is to become a more missional people. That for the past two years, man, we have plowed building a presence culture. And we've done a pretty darn good job at it. (laughs) We plowed, we've pioneered. There's not a lot of areas and places around Lynchburg that values the presence and we've pioneered and we've taught and we've built culture around his presence. And we feel the Lord saying that we have made the first thing the first thing. Now it's time to focus on the second thing. First and greatest is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Can I share an encounter with you guys? A couple months ago where this all came from was there's a Sunday here, you know, we're doing our series on the Holy Spirit. Shout out if that blessed you. And uh, this Sunday I was teaching on the holiness of the Spirit. Who was there for that? Taught the holiness of the Spirit, taught the fear of the Lord. And that Sunday I went into it, right? And I was like, this is gonna be a crazy Sunday. Like, people are going to be flying all over the place, like <laughs> Benny Hinn style, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I was like, this is just going to be a crazy Sunday. God's glory is going to come in the room, like something. Like, I was just walking in with, like, crazy faith, right? I was like, God's going to show up. Like, something, something we've never seen before is going to happen this Sunday. You know, I, I really believed in the word. I really believed on, on the teaching we, we came to church and, you know, we're pressing in and worship and I taught on the fear of the Lord. And I was like, everyone get on your knees. You know, maybe you remember this. I was like, we're going to pray to receive the fear of the Lord. And we're praying. I'm like, God, nothing's happening. I'm like, people aren't like falling out and like <laughs> screaming. Like, did we miss it? Like, what, what did we miss? Like, did Issa sing the wrong note? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. She wasn't even singing. But, but we had this moment, I was like, okay, church, we're, we're going to go do an overflow. We're going to keep pressing in. Do you guys remember this? Okay. I was like, we're going to keep pressing in. Guys, service is over. We're going to go to HQ, and we're going to keep crying out for the Lord just to, to show us his glory. Like, we're hungry. We're so hungry for the Lord to show up. I was like, this is going to be amazing. We go over to HQ, and like 10 people showed up. I was like, where's all the other 240 people that came to church? Um, I was like, we're, gonna, we're just going to keep going. We're pressing in. People showed up and we're praying. And, you know, I, I don't want to d- diminish. The Lord definitely did amazing stuff that Sunday. And, and, I, and I came home. Oh, sorry, let me backtrack. And I was there and we're praying. And there's one guy in a corner and the Lord highlighted him. And so I just went to him and I went on my knees and I held his hand for an hour. And I just talked to him. He was telling me his story, and he's like, yeah, this is going on, this is going on. And I was trying to pray for him, like, what is God saying? He's like, well, I don't really believe God can speak to me. I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of hard. Where do we go now? And I'm, like, trying to, like, you know, minister to him. And, you know, the Lord used it. He felt really seen, and it was beautiful. But I was like, God, like, nothing happened. I came home. I was talking to my wife, and I was disappointed. Can I be honest? Okay. And I was like, God, like, 
what happened? Like, what did we miss? <laughs> like, was there something that we were supposed to do? And, and I was in my kitchen. I was kind of beating myself up. And I was like, Lord, like, why, why didn't you show up in, in glory? Like, I was so expecting. Like, we, had all, we did all the right things, right? So we thought. And in my kitchen, the Lord spoke to me so, so clearly. And I want you to hear this. This isn't, this isn't like an everyday thing. This, this is probably one of the, the few really radical encounters I've had in my entire life. But the Lord spoke to me so, so clear. He said, Andrew, I made service happen that way because I wanted to teach you something. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> He's like, I didn't show up in glory in the way that you expected because I wanted to teach you something. He's like, I wanted to show you that my presence is just as much with you sitting with one person and holding their hand than I am in a full room of people screaming and shouting. And immediately, like, I felt God's tangible glory presence just fall on me in my kitchen. It literally felt like a jet plane just flew over my face. I was like, whoa. And I was like, what's happening? Like, it was like kabod glory, right? And so I was like stumbling to the couch because I could barely stand. And so I sat on the couch and I was like, God, what's happening? And in that moment, the Lord spoke again. He said, Andrew, I don't want you to get so lost in my presence that you forget the one. In that moment, guys, I started weeping uncontrollably. And I'm not a crier. Like, it was uncontrollable. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. And everything that I preached and everything that I was expecting to happen in service happened in an incident in my, in my kitchen. I felt the manifest glory of God. Like, I've never felt in my life. I felt the fear of the Lord. And I was weeping and I was like, oh my gosh, Holy Spirit, I've grieved you. What is the fear of the Lord? It's to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. I'm like, Lord, I haven't been, I haven't been loving what you, what you love. I haven't been loving what you love and you love the lost. You love the broken. You, you love, you leave the 99 for the one. And I was weeping because the fear of the Lord came upon me. I was like, Holy Spirit, I'm so sorry. I've grieved you. I have not been loving what you love. And in that moment, something just shifted. I was like, okay, Lord. Let's do it. And from that encounter, the Lord made it very clear, this is where we're going to head as a church. Presence is still central. That's not changing. That's never going to change. Ministry to the Lord is never going to change. But we cannot be a church that only caters to mature believers. Man, we're like teaching an hour and a half sermons on tongues, and it's great. If an unbeliever comes in, they have no clue what's happening. 
And the Lord just, just gripped my heart in that moment. And guys, this is where we're going. is that it's time for his presence to leave the four walls of the church. If we are so, if, if we so believe in the presence of God, which we do, if we so believe in how powerful and how transformational God's presence is, when you come here on a Sunday, why wouldn't you want someone else to experience that? To experience the person. And this is what we've, we've hammered into you guys for the past two years that we gather around a person. We're singing not about Jesus, we're singing to Jesus, that we gather around a living, resurrected person. This is, this is the point of our gathering. And in it, as believers, our call is to not just keep what is happening here, but to spread it. You know that this was the commission of Adam and Eve. That the first great commission happened in the garden. I don't know if you knew that. God spoke to Adam. He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the what? Fill the what? That God's vision from the beginning is that through Adam's family, family, that the borders of the garden, that God's presence on earth in Eden would expand on the earth as Adam's family expanded. That was the first commission. Genesis. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. So we want to be a church, guys, where God's presence is central to who we are, where family is formational to who we become, and mission is essential to how we live. Luke 4, 18 19, Jesus says this, quoting the prophet Isaiah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to bring good news to what? He has sent me to proclaim that what? Will be released. That the what? Will see. That the what? Will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. We all know this verse, but I don't think we actually understand what this is saying. <laughs> Jesus was anointed by the Spirit of the Lord, not just to worship and speak in tongues and jump around. Like five of you got that. But the Spirit of the Lord anointed him to bring good news to the poor. How will the poor receive good news if we don't go. That he sent us to proclaim that captives will be released. How will captives be released if we never leave the four walls of the church? How will the blind see if we don't ever leave the four walls of the church? How will the oppressed be set free if we don't go to the oppressed? How will people know that the new covenant has come? He has risen that you can have right standing with God, that the time of the Lord's favor has come if we don't go. Do you know what the word Christ means? It means anointed one. Do you know what you're called? Christian. You're a little anointed one. You're anointed with what? The spirit to bring good news to the poor. Yeah. 
to set captives free, to see the blind see, and to see the oppressed and freedom. My mentor, he said this to me on a phone call that convicted the junk out of me. You guys like that? This is what he said. He said, if we are convinced that we are so full of the spirit, but aren't burning for the lost, then we're more full of a style than a substance. Sweating a little bit. Man, if we're so convinced, yeah, I'm a spirit-filled believer, and put that on a hoodie and put it in your Instagram bio. I'm spirit-filled. Shaka ba ba ba, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm so spirit-filled, like the Baptist over there, but I'm spirit-filled, right? <laughs> if we are convinced that we are so full of the spirit, but we're not actually burning for what he burns for, then we're just embodying a style and we're absence of a substance. Oh, Maverick City is spontaneous. Like, I like Maverick City, so I'm spirit-filled. No, you're not. <laughs> I love Maverick City, so. But Jesus says, the spirit was upon me for a purpose. The spirit was not upon him just so he can have parlor tricks. And so he can have a good experience. When you see Pentecost, Pentecost was unto the furthering of the kingdom. And I think why we, why we aren't seeing people filled with the spirit as often because people don't even want to go. Why would he give you the thing to reach the lost if you don't even want to go to the lost? I want the gifts of the spirit so that I can like encourage my friends. That's great. But your friends know Jesus. <laughs> the lost don't. Your neighbors don't. Your coworkers don't. Your family members don't. And I actually believe that there's going to be an increase in the outpouring of the Spirit when his church starts burning for the lost again. Guys, he loves to equip his church. But he equips you for a reason. To do the work. What does Jesus say? The harvest is so plentiful, but the labors are so few. You know, Jesus said that 2,000 years ago and it hasn't really changed. You wanna hear a crazy statistic? I heard this statistic that said only 17% of those who go to church know what the Great Commission is. That means 83% of people who attend church in America have no idea what the Great Commission is. Realistically, if you don't know what the Great Commission is, you probably aren't doing it. So approximately only 17% of the church is actually doing the Great Commission. If, if anything, if they're actually doing it. Do you guys see the disconnect? Guys, that we want to be a church walking in full obedience to his leadership. That we want to be a church where his presence is central. Where family is formational in our life. 
and where mission is essential to how we live. And I want to show you guys just a graph to show the imbalance of vision. The imbalance of vision. We need all three to operate in our lives. What happens is we either just live in one or we live in two, but for a lot of us, we're not living in all three. That we love the presence of God. We love to worship. We love to come to church. We love, man, how amazing it feels when you're worshiping. You love home groups. You love being community. Presence is central. Family is formational, but you're lacking something. What happens in when you only are embodying the two, you're lacking obedience. Wow. Let me show you another imbalance. Man, you're, you're in community, you're in family. Family is formational, you're attending all the home groups. You know, you're missional, you're serving people, but you don't value his presence. What happens is you lack intimacy. Wow. Man, that's amazing that you're serving the lost, you're serving the poor, it's amazing you're in community, but if you, the first thing is not the first thing, everything else doesn't matter. You lack intimacy. Here's another imbalance. Is we can be so focused on his presence, and we can be so focused on the great commission, but we lack being planted, and we lack family, and we lack spiritual covering, and we lack spiritual mothers and fathers. What happens is we lack discipleship. You're having really cool experiences. You're doing a lot of really cool things, but you're not getting formed. That's cool that you can prophesy. That's cool that you can sing really good. But what are you going to do when you get married? <laughs> it's only by the blood, right? You just sing over them like, it's fine. We're not, we're not arguing. It's under the blood. But let me show you when there is a balance of vision where the presence of God is central to our lives. The first thing is the first thing. God, our, our heart cries to minister to you that our life looks like the throne room. That when we gather in your presence, we're not here to get something, we're here to give something. That we, we believe that our worship actually, actually moves you. That we actually desire to have real intimacy with the living God. That's just what happens when his presence is central. That we value family. We value correction. We value community. We value not being a lone sheep and a rogue wolf. We, we, we want our lives to be formed. That we need mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters to refine us. That's what happens when family becomes formational. And then when we become active and living on mission, that mission becomes essential in our life, that where, where we go and how we live is that we live with a missional heart everywhere we go, then his kingdom can actually start to come. And when we have a balance of vision, this is what we get. We get a church that looks like Jesus. Guys, we get a church that looks like Jesus. And in Jesus' life, presence was central. Prayer was central. 
communion with the Father was central. Family, right? He was in family with his disciples. He formed them. That he was constantly living on mission. It says that the inscription in the gospels, the reason I came, Jesus says the reason I came was to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. That as a church, we've done presence really, really well. We've done family really well, but we have not done mission well at all. That's hard to admit, but that's the truth. This is why we need vision, so we know where to go. And I want you to hear this because I know for some of you it might freak you out. Like, oh, I have to go to Walmart and evangelize, and I don't want to do that. You know, we get it. I want you to hear my heart in this. Being missional needs to be overflow. There are 100% moments where you, you just need to get pushed and you get thrown in a Walmart to evangelize. 100%. Some of us are too comfortable. But I also want to encourage you that this gets to be something that flows. When God's presence is central and you're so in love with Jesus and you're in family and you see how formational family is in your life, then you have everything that the world is looking for. Why would you not want to share it? Why would you not want to invite them in? Not, not because they come in and everything's perfect and everything's fixed, but in him, every longing becomes fulfilled. Amen. And so this is what we're going to go after as a church is that we're going to still keep the present central. We're still going to allow family to form us, but we're going to make mission essential to our life. That wherever we go, however we live, that we're living with a kingdom mindset that says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to see the blind see, to see the captives and the prisoners step into freedom. This is where we're going to head as a church. You guys on board for that? Okay. So... How will we implement, I'm going to end here, how are we going to implement this missional vision in 2024? You guys excited? I want to hear how we're going to do this, how we're going to pull this off. The first thing is that we're going to become way more active in serving our city as an entire church body. Not just the outreach team, not just Brad and Sky, right? Not just the evangelists in our church, but we're going to be more active in serving and connecting in our city as an entire church body. This week, we're in the process of connecting with local ministries that the Lord has really highlighted that we feel uh, called to be active in and serving and reaching and loving. And so we're gonna share those hopefully in the next few weeks of, of what this is gonna look like practically, that we are going to have practical things in step for our church to live this out, okay? The second thing, this is a really, really exciting, exciting announcement, is this, this Easter, the, our desire and our goal is to make Easter an outreach event. 
that we've done Easter the past few years and it's been an amazing time and it's been great, but ain't nobody getting saved. <laughs> I'll be honest. Which is, it's not about, you know, numbers and all that when you see my heart. But statistically, Easter is, is the, the, the one time a year, you know, that people come out of their house. Like, I guess I gotta go to church. And so this year, we're, we're, we're super excited. We're partnering with Maranatha Farms. We're going to have Easter on a farm, guys. Come on. Uh, it's going to be in this kind of like, we're going to have service in this like barn thing. It's like, it's about three times bigger than this space, which is exciting. We're going to have baptisms. We're going to have a petting zoo. Come on. Um, <laughs> That petting zoo is going to get people saved, guys. I believe it. I believe it. Um, it's it's going to be an incredible time. And so th- this, this event, it's going to take a lot, okay? It's going to take a lot of money to pull it off. It's going to take a lot of hands. Uh, but we're believing for at least 400 people to attend. Right? We have about 200, 250 here on a Sunday. So I think it's a realistic goal. Right? more in Jesus' name. But this is, this is our goal, is that we want 400 people to hear the gospel on Easter. So this is what we're going towards. And here's the, the last big announcement. You guys are ready for this? And I've mentioned this a lot. But the last big announcement is that we are going to be adding a second service. So starting February 11th, we are going to be moving to two services. Uh, we're going to be having a 9 and 11.15 service. And I want to share real quick because I know for a lot of people, you don't like this. A lot of people in our leadership are like, ah, I mean, maybe like if that's where God's taking us. And I'll be honest, even me, I'm like, I love what we're doing. Like it's comfortable. It's easy, right? One service is great. I have to preach twice. Go in, go out. I love long worship. It's great. But our heart for doing this isn't, let's just get more people and just have a bigger church. Our heart for this is we need to make room. You know, I'll give you this example. I share this with our leadership. That, let's say Easter, right? We go to Easter and 100 people get saved on Easter. It's like revival. Come on. We would have literally no room for them. We're like, find a crack. You know? But seriously, this is our heart that we want to make room. We want to make room for more people to encounter his presence. We want to make room for more people to find family. We want to make room for more people to be equipped. So this is our heart. It's going to be inconvenient. Some of you are going to have to die to your preferences. I know I had to. It's going to be costly. It's going to require way more people serving. We have to pay more in rent because service... We have two services now. It's costly to do this. But I have faith and confidence this is where the Lord is taking us. And I want to read this scripture to end. I think I sent it to you. It's Isaiah 54, verse 2. Let's see if you can, there we go. It says this, enlarge the site of your tent to make room for more children. 
Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare them. Lengthen your tent ropes and make your peg stakes firm in the ground. Amen. That this is a season of making room. And in this verse, this is prophesying to the people of Israel because they're in captivity and the Lord is prophesying of something that does not look anything like their experience. They're in captivity. If you read the verse before, right, he's referring to Israel as a barren woman. He's like, you're barren, you're in captivity, but I want you to step out in faith because this is what I'm about to do. I'm about to enlarge the side of your tent to make more room for more children. Even if it seems like you're barren, this is what I'm going to do. So right now, we don't have 150, 200 more people to fill a second service. But that's not our job. Our job is to make room. Our job is to enlarge the side of our tent, to stretch out the curtains of our dwellings, to lengthen our tent ropes and to make our pegs firm. And so this is where we're heading as a church, guys. I'm going to say this again. It's going to require some change. The main thing is still going to be the main thing. We're still going to be going after the presence. But our vision, if I could just simplify our vision for 2024, you ready for this? It's to become a church that looks more like Jesus. That's it. What's the vision of Breakthrough in 2024? To become a church that looks more like Jesus. There you go. Amen. You guys excited? I love it. I love it. So good. Guys, it's going to be an incredible year. You know, we're, we're always going to share this, but we are, we're believing for a building. We have till the end of May in La Vida, and it's been an amazing season, but we know it's time for us to move. And so, guys, this is going to be an incredible season. A lot of you are, are if you've just been coming, you've, you're coming at, at a lot of the groundworks of our church. And I want to really encourage you, get planted. Even if you've been coming, there's some of you, you've been here for a year, but you still haven't, you haven't been planted. Get planted. Come be a part of the vision. Unless the Lord builds his house, those who labor, labor in vain. But the Lord is building his house. And so we need labors. <laughs> And so I really want to encourage you guys, give, sow, serve, get involved, connect with families and invite people into your lives. And I want you to see that this vision, and I, I'm going to end this, this is so important, this vision that I just shared, this isn't just for us, this is for Lynchburg. This isn't just a vision of like, hey guys, like, we're changing the paint in the house. No, no, no. This is, guys, this is what God is doing in us because this is what he wants to do in our city. Yeah. That Lynchburg needs his presence. Let me say that again. Lynchburg needs his presence. Yeah. So this is where we're going to step into in this new year. I want to pray. I'm just going to close this out. And just the, the question that I stated at the beginning to ask yourself, God, am I aligned with this vision? Is this, a, an, a, this, is this a vision that I can align my life, 
my resources, my talents, my skills, my time, my abilities to? If so, I encourage you, step in, don't wait. It doesn't need to take six months. And if you're not, if this is not where you're called to, please go where he's called you to go. And so Father, right now, I pray that this vision will not just be something we hear, but something we embody. That the vision of breakthrough is not the vision of an organization, but it's a vision of a people. That what makes up breakthrough is everyone in this room. So Lord, let this not just be information that we hear, but let presence, family, and mission be embodied in our life. Would you highlight the areas that we are weak in? If we're weak in making your presence central, if we're lacking and allowing family be formational in our life, if we're lacking mission being essential to how we live, would you highlight those areas so we know where we need to step in deeper this year? And Father, I ask that you would give us a burden and a burden for the lost as a church. Lord, we're gonna keep asking. Lord, we wanna burn for what you burn for. We wanna love what you love. And Lord, we repent if we have not been loving what you love. If we've become so self-absorbed with building our own kingdom that we forget to bring others into yours. Lord, we repent. I want you to focus. Lord, would you start to speak to people in this room of how we can live more missionally exactly where we're at. Lord, let us become more aware of the needs of those around us. Let us not become self-absorbed people that we miss out on the needs of those around us. Lord, I pray that you would even start to deposit words of knowledge and prophecy and giftings over people in this room that as they're walking in their day-to-day that they would hear your voice speak and they would obey to release what you want to release to those around them. And so Jesus, we thank you. We say yes. We come into agreement with your will, your desires, your ways, and everything that you have for Breakthrough Church in 2024. We just say, Jesus, we give you our yes. Can we just say that? Jesus, we give you our yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's do it. Let's do the work.